Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, friends, and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. And just call us the Happy Mondays because once again, Town won again on Saturday. And if we are the Happy Mondays, I'm Mark Keith with me this week, Stuart Watson and Roscoe. There is absolutely no doubt at all who the Bez is of this particular group. Am I right, Stuart Watson? That would surely be the hairy one, Roscoe. He, he's Bez all over. Absolutely. Yeah, with his, he's just doing the shaking his, I was going to say maracas. Maracas or yeah. tam- tambourine? Hitting a little little symbol, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't really know anyone else in the Happy Mondays apart from, um, what's his name? Uh, the lead singer, whose name escapes me. I want to say Sean Dyche. It's not Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> it is and Sean, then, isn't it? Yeah. Sure, the lead singer. That's all I know. Ros- Roscoe, you're obviously a music man. Um, are you familiar with the, the rest of the Happy Mondays? I've, I have just Googled it, so I don't actually know on top of my head. It's Sean Ryder. Yeah. Sean Ryder, of course it is. Yes, not yeah. Sean Dyche. Although I would pay to see that, him fronting the Happy Mondays. Um, Rossi, how are you? You got in at 2am this morning from your trip to Cardiff with the ladies. Uh, they did win. We'll talk about that later on. But how are you? You are probably flagging a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I've had uh, Weetabix with banana on top, so um, I've had that to give me some energy ready for the pod. But um, yeah, if I do fall asleep at some point, uh, just shout at me and um, I'll be back at it. So uh, yeah, bring it on. Now then, Ross has just told me I've got to mention the sponsors at the start because that's what he does. And uh, I wouldn't want to to uh, step outside the lane of the great host. This is not technically a flagship show because I'm on it, of course, Ross, as you, as you pointed out last week. Yeah. Um, if I'm around, it's not good enough to be flagship so yeah um use the code koa at manscape.com to print off and free delivery and also support our sponsor ginger pickle ross if you like your pickle ginger google ginger pickle is that all right sir is that okay yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Like that. I'm, I'm glad yeah. it's got your glad it's got your approval um also of course we have to mention if it's set a new record at the weekend history making all over the shop 21 games unbeaten in all competitions that's going back to the great great town teams have usurped them now um and they won again at the weekend, Stewie. They won at QPR, uh, 1-0. It was 1-0, wasn't it? I've got all sorts of scores in my head. Um, is it fair to say, though, having watched the highlights and seen some of the reaction about it, we went into this game fairly confident in terms of QPR. I'm not expected to, to be very good this season. Um, so we went in with high expectations of this being a, I think we all thought it would be a town win. Um, and is this, of the three games so far this season, it's all relative, I know. But w- would it be fair to say this is, in terms of highest expectations, lowest performance, due so far? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because when you start to maybe just highlight, not overly, but I think point out some bits where it's slightly below par and it's not the, the Ipswich Town in their absolute pomp that we've been seeing over the previous few months, it does always spark a, come on, these are the days, we're winning games week after week, do we have to nitpick here? Well, mm. when you're losing games, there's an expectation... Sometimes if you're drawing or losing, but the performance has been good, we're expected to highlight that. And and the same same applies vice versa. This wasn't a poor performance by any stretch. They, it, was a, it was a game that could have gone either way. 
is the best way of putting it. Mm. And the big moments went Ipswich's way. Um, most notably, the, the shot that comes off of both posts for QPR in the first half and, and an absolute sitter of a miss in, in the second half. Those those little moments go Ipswich's way and they, they take their goal when it comes along. So, um, yeah, I, the first time they've actually had more possession than the opposition... Mm. I said after the Stoke game, it didn't feel like Stoke had more possession than Ipswich because Ipswich were more purposeful with their attacks. It didn't necessarily feel like Ipswich dominated possession in this game as well, although the, the numbers were quite high, high 60s, I think. Um, but the first, first half, no doubt about it, was was littered with mistakes, unforced errors. You could go through the whole team. Each of them at some stage did something a little bit sloppy uh, mm. and that gave QPR... Uh, a little boost of confidence, really, in their first home league game in front of their their fans again, properly for the first time. A, you know, a stadium where the fans are tight to the pitch, made for quite an intense atmosphere, and um, yeah, it took took Ipswich a little while to get going in this one. I think it's fair to say. Rossi, what are your opening thoughts on this one? I should say that AJ is off today, well earned day off, um, so he's not around. But Roscoe, you were there too, of course. What did you What did you make of it? Yeah, that was a tough watch, I have to admit, in the first half. Um, and yeah, some sloppy errors from, as Stu said, like pretty much most of the team, um, which is, you know, not like us. You know, look, we're a very possession-based team. Um, you know, was it Massimo got yellow carded early on, didn't he? So I think, you know, that, that can change anybody's game. You know, anybody who gets booked so early on, you know, you have to watch yourself. Um, but that was, yeah, the main problem in the first half was just some sloppy errors, you know. Wolford in at one stage, I thought, oh no, I know you're laid back, my friend, but that was a bit too laid back. And you know, you know, they're in and could have scored. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to, of course, Vlaka Galanki. Oh, God, say, why did I say that? Why did I set myself up with that again? Can someone out. remake that and turn it into turn yeah. it into a tune like it did? Oh. Who was it? Was it James Gulk who did yeah. that? Shout out Outstanding James. work, top work. Um, but yeah, of course, he made a, a cracking save, you know, when it hit the post, hit the post again. Um, but yeah, not. A below par, you would have to say, first half of town. But um, yeah, they um, went in the second half and did their normal stuff. Did their normal stuff, which is win. That's what they do, baby. Um, we we also about... got we yeah. also got one. Someone picked up Callum picked up on uh, the the um, the sounder like to Neil from the in betweeners as well. Which uh, if, if go and have a look at the replies to the last uh, podcast tweet. That's yeah. uncanny. A wob bob bob bob. Maybe that could be Vass's new nickname. It has been said more than once that there's a there's a similarity between us and the in between us. We all fit quite nicely into into the roles, don't we? I'm certainly Jay. Uh, Roscoe would be Neil, and then I guess you and AJ would split between uh, Simon and and the other one whose name I can never remember. Will. There we go. Anyway, getting sidetracked. QPR. I want to start by talking about Sinclair Sinclair Armstrong, who I know is not an Ipswich Town player, but bloody hell, I was impressed with him. Um, mm. 20 years old, only just scored his first senior goal uh, the game before. Gareth Ainsworth, very, very high on his, on his upside, as they say. Big future in the game, he says. Um, can we sign him, Stu? Can we bring him in? We need a striker. Uh, he, he looks like he's um, going to be a bit of a player. Yeah, he was a real handful, wasn't he? Raw, powerful, very much engaged beast mode for this match. There was a moment, I think, uh, early stages of the second half yeah. where... Um, he just ran through people who looked past Wolfie and Clark, didn't he? As if they weren't there. Yeah. Clark's a big, powerful lad with, uh, you know, he can build up a head of steam when he gets going, but he went went past him like he wasn't there and, and Vass came to the rescue with, with the save. But um, 
yeah, he was he was a thorn in Ipswich's side, running the channels, running in behind. I thought QPR mixed it up quite nicely, actually. We wondered what, what a Gareth Ainsworth QPR side might look like, whether it was a Wickham long mm. ball direct side. Um, there was a bit of that. Uh, they did knock it in behind at times, but they also had moments where they tried to get it down and, and play a little bit more as well. Um, but yeah, when Armstrong went off with what looked like cramp in the second half, that was um, that was a boost to Ipswich. That that might have been a little bit of a turning point, actually. Hmm. Um, should we talk about the man whose name you can't say, Rossi Chladke, because he was he was a key part of this win. He made some wonderful saves. Um, obviously, there was the the double poster, which uh, uh, he didn't go in. There was the the late um, scramble back to tip over the audacious chip. From chair, um, another impressive showing from Hladki. Yeah, Vaz, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. I thought everyone knows what I'm, who I'm talking about. The Czech goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, that was, of course, a bit of luck. Mm. You know, I think every goalkeeper, when you play, needs a bit of luck. And uh, yeah, I, I was the other end of the pitch, of course, when that when that happened, and I just thought, how has that not gone gone in? Um, hit the post, hit the post again. I think, yeah, Armstrong's like, how? You know, I think that's happened though with him in his early stages of his you know QPR career because he um I, I watched some highlights of that and he just couldn't score for for you know he just did, any anything just didn't go in for him and it was like of course he scored the, you know last week against Cardiff but um yeah it's like any striker you like think how has that not gone in when it's hit the post hit the post again but um, that Maz is stepping up you know coming in for Christian Walton Christian Walton was doing town TV duties mm. on the weekend. Um, I'm sure he's looking at, oh, okay. It's maybe harder than I think trying to get back into this team. So, um, yeah, shout to Vaz because I'm going to have a clean sheet and some big saves in this game as yeah. well. Yeah, he's doing really well, isn't he, Clabkey, Stewie? Yeah, not just the saves. I think I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I think I'm still not certain. But looking at the replays, I think he does get a, a vital touch on that one that hits both posts. Um Quick off his line, stayed big to to block that ch- aforementioned chance for Armstrong. Um, but more than that, my one concern was if he came into a game like this where he was tested a bit more aerially. Mm. I th- we talk about him probably being an upgrade on Christian in terms of ball at feet and uh, distribution from the back. Um, but how would he be with crosses? Well, he came in claimed several high balls quite confidently when QPR tried to put a bit of pressure on. So that that was good to see. He's quick off his line as well. Um, takes a very high line. It almost caught him out towards the end with that audacious uh, long-range shot from chair just over the halfway line. And But he managed to scamper back, kept eyes on it the whole way and, and tipped it over the bar. So um, another another very good day at the office for, for Vasklav Hag. Hladke. Oh, there we go. oh, hey, here we go. Stumbling as well. <laughs> it's not the easiest name to say. It has to be audacious, doesn't it? Whenever an effort like that always is audacious, whether it comes off or not. Um, other other talking point in terms of obviously Hladke's in because Walton is injured. Janoi Dinastian has started the season playing because Harry Clark was suspended and also injured. And we had a bit of a flip of the script in this game, Rossi, with, with JD going off injured first half and Clark then having to come in for him. How did, how did he look in his kind of championship debut as it were yeah yeah it would have been won it because he came off the bench didn't he against Bristol Rovers in the cup but that was yeah. a cup game um 
once again, he was coming into a first half where we were, you know, a bit sloppy and we weren't our yeah. normal selves. So I think it did take him a while to get into the game. I think he, you know, got into the game better in the second half. Um, but it's, it must be difficult for any player to come on, you know. Of course, in the second half, it's not too bad because, you know, it's the game's free flowing. But like, was it like the 30th minute or something like that? Mm. And to come in, you'd probably not had much of a warm up, no warmed up during, you know, the warm ups before the game. But to, you know, be on the bench, probably, uh, probably not going to come up. Definitely in his position, he probably thinks uh, it's 50 50 if you bring on, yeah. you know, a right back. You're not um, expecting to come on first half, certainly. No, def- definitely not. So, yeah, maybe it, it did take him a while to get into the game. But, um, yeah, I thought he did okay. And, you know, he's, he's still coming up to speed. You know, he's coming back from that injury. So, he's not had a mm. proper pre-season. So, uh, give him a few more games and I'm sure he'll be tip-top. Harry was everything I kind of expected him to be in the Championship following promotion. I think there is a talk about him. Maybe he's going to have some moments where he's going to look really good and I think he's going to be a player of extremes and there's going to be some moments where there's some sharp learning curves if you look at um, what Stoke fans kind of said about him after his loan spell in in the championship it was Mm. it was very much that and uh, the first thing he did when he came on was give the ball away Uh, again as Ross says probably a bit of rustiness there coming off off the injuries stepping into the game when he perhaps wasn't expecting it but there was then a, a a galloping run when he opens his legs and he gets going, he can really drive you up the pitch. Um, so I think we'll see some really good marauding attacking stuff, but I think there'll be times going the other way where, um, where there might be some steep learning curves as well, which we saw. I mean, as we said, it was Sinclair Armstrong Mm. who kind of beat him in in that foot race as well. So, um, JD is a, probably a safer pair of hands and there might be occasions where that's, that's required this season, but he just doesn't offer quite as much going forward. So um, they might have to pick wisely between those two if if they're both available at different stages. I mean, Janoy's come off with a groin strain, so we'll, we'll see how he is for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, b- before we get to the goal um, and Chappas finally getting off the mark, there was a, a big shout for Penner, George Hurst, bundled over. That, that for me, Stewie, that falls into the, you've seen those given. Some days they're given, some days they're not. My first instinct was it was, and I thought a yeah. lot of the um, the more neutral journalists around me in the press box concurred at the time. Watching it back, I think he's he's kind of waiting for the contact, maybe goes down a bit too quickly. Is it one of those where he's more focused on drawing the contact than getting the shot off? Um, but he got the wrong side of him in the box. And and um, Steve Cook, wasn't it? I think he got himself mm. into, a, into a bit of trouble. If he didn't make such a meal of, of going down he might have got that one but um yeah it's one of those you you want it as the if it's your team but you'd be you'd be disappointed if it went against you but um thankfully it didn't matter Did you certainly wasn't in the certainly wasn't in the category of the Sunderland one you know that was yeah the stone waller where he, he gets his legs proper taken away but Kieran McKenna made sure he, he acknowledged it afterwards he's very good Kieran McKenna at just just making sure that publicly the uh, decisions against us count are being acknowledged just to mm. sow a seed in the referees' minds going into the next one. Did you have a clear view of that, Rossi? Were you anywhere near that pitch side? Yeah, it's right in front of me. Right in front of me. And um, yeah, I agree with Stu. I think George Hurst is being like a very clever striker, trying mm. to, you know, wanting that contact and he, he went for it. Um, and yeah, I think it's 50-50 really. Um, on another day, yet yeah, would be a pen, but Sometimes it just balances out, doesn't it? And hopefully, you know, we'll get a lucky green at some stage, I'm sure, we, or where we did anyway in this game. But, um, yeah, 
yeah, it's it's fifty fifty for me. Um, at the time, I'm like, yeah, penalty. Watching it back, as, as Stu said, and we've said already, you know, it's George Hurst doing a striker thing, trying to win, you know, win the pen. So, um, so we didn't get it. But it didn't matter because Connor Chaplin, that man, pops up, Stu. We said last week on the show that when he gets one, he's likely to go on a bit of a tear again. He's he's still getting those in those positions in the box, isn't he? In the, in the first two games, um, but he did really well with this one, I think, considering he was he was clattered or kind of fell fell over, got up really quickly, and managed to managed to finish. Trademark Connor Chaplin. Mm. He just takes up those holds his run quite nicely. Ipswich time and time again. How many times have we seen them them score these sort of goals? A, a square pass into the box, a cutback, and Chaplin's just so good uh, in a crowded spot in the area, getting shots away. Um, very little backlift. He can generate a lot of power. He can find the corners. It's difficult to stop. And um, both feet as well. You, the mm. first shot is is blocked off his left foot and um, does well to sort of jump jump up off the turf and be aware of where the ball is and and gets the uh, the goal away with his right foot. So um, great that it came down that end in front of three thousand or so Ipswich Town fans, scenes limbs as they say. Um, that was great. So many of the orange away shirts in that away end, uh, they've sold very, very well. I'm told they've outsold the black and uh, red one from last season already. Wow. The final numbers of those have already been surpassed for the orange oh, yeah. one. And bearing in mind they were record sales last mm. year as it was, that tells you something. So, yeah, again, the memorable away days, those sort of days where you get away fans right behind the goal and that's where a winner goes in. They always stick in your memory. We still talk about Watford and Richard Chaplow and and days like that still now. So this is another one that you can file in that category. Mm. Um, it's always good when it comes in the capital as well. Mm. I think Chappers is going to score absolute hatful this season, Rossi. I was, I was slightly concerned about him not being able to get into the same sort of spots that he was doing in League One with it being obviously a higher level. But he's, he's still getting those the space. He's got this ability to just find space um, and still getting... He had a couple of opportunities before he scored in this game. Um so I'm thinking he's he's still going to get a lot of goals this season. Yeah, once again, when we did our predictions, you know, um, before the season, I've, I put them down as top goal scorers this year. Mm. I think I went 20 goals, and some people may go, "Oh, really? Championship football? You know, it's a step up." But he just he just, as you said, just finds space somehow, and mm. you know, he was on the floor when he scored this goal, and he just he just and he's just there. He's a, he's a poacher, um, and yeah, it's, you know, he's had opportunities at Sunderland, he had opportunities at Stoke. Um, against Stoke at Portland Road. Um, so he, just even early days, he's getting those opportunities. And in this game, he got the opportunity. Trey Mark, Connor Chapman, Carlos do said, and he's just going to be there and just ready to pounce when a mistake or just when he gets in the spot. Because once again, he, as we said before, he just drifts, doesn't he? He just drifts and finds some space and then boom, goal. And um, yeah, celebrations were were great. I, I love those celebrations. And uh, there was um I've got a picture, there's a steward with some glasses on, like you know, just just chilling in the background, you know, all the, the limbs and scenes going on. And he just got this one steward just with, with his glasses, just like trying to calm people down. It was like <laughs> but uh but yeah, it was good scenes. I'm amazed he's still getting that sort of space to you because you'd think I mean obviously every team going in, they do all sorts of analysis, video watching that kind of stuff. You know that's what he wants to do. He pulls he pulls away, gets space in the box. You, you'd think they'd be prepared for that and making extra sure they've got a man on him at all times. It's one thing knowing it's coming. It's another yeah. thing stopping it. And he'd, he'd be horrible to play against as a centre-half because he's dragging you into places that you don't want to be. Um, and it's just that, that last minute, he just it's, it's 
just yeah, slowing it down, putting the brakes on a little bit, just trying to be where others aren't going to be. Um, and I think he'd be the first to give a bit of credit to some of his teammates for allowing him to, to have that sort of space. I thought George Hurst ran his socks off. Okay, this wasn't a game where he probably fed off scraps in terms of chances, but mm. his his relentless running, his pressing, I think sort of butters up centre-half. So it gives them something to think about in behind, which then creates these little pockets of space for him to, to occupy. So... Um, we talked about it, Ipswich aren't a team that are necessarily going to rely on on, on the, the central striker to score the bulk of the goals. And um, yeah, hopefully Connor Chaplin now, like you say, goes on a bit of a tear up because he's, he's said before, he's always been a bit of a purple patch scorer. His goals tend to mm. come in little, little, um, little stages during the season. So hopefully that bodes well for, for Saturday. Okay. So town get the win. They don't play, that well, but they get the win, a sign of a good team, often said. Uh, and there's no doubt, given they've just set a new club record, that also that made them the first newly promoted team to win their opening three championship games since Southampton, all the way back in, I think it was 2011, wasn't it? Um, and they went on to get promoted to the Premier League. So again, there's this kind of lifting of the kind of intro, the general kind of awareness of town in the national media is lifting and lifting and lifting. They started the ITV highlight show. They were at QPR. The guy, the first game was town. The guy doing the intro on the pitch as the players came onto the pitch. So there's definitely all this kind of level of interest around town getting bigger and bigger. And Stu, you spoke to Kieran McKenna after the game around the outside noise. Um, so let's hear that now. You know, people from the outside are going to be looking at, at the results back at the last season, start this one, the table. There'll start to be a little bit of noise around Ipswich now. How, how do you as a manager and the, the group deal with that? Same as really. Um, we, we've ignored it from the start. We ignored it last season um, and we focused on performances and results. We, we ignored it last season when we would draw a game and it would be, you know, maybe perceived to be a, a negative result. Um, and we just focused on on performances and trying to get better. And um, there's no, there's certainly no, um, there's no deluded heads in that dressing room. We know how hard we're having to work for every game. We know that we're, we're doing some things well, but we know we can still improve. Um, the margins are, are going our way. I say a lot of games are going to come down to the margins, but we know that if we keep improving and keep doing enough of the right things, then you know you give yourself a better chance to be on the end of them margins. So. Um, yeah, we know how tough the division is. You can see it in every game. It looks like anyone can can beat anyone. Um, and I think there's you know there's certainly no chance of anyone down there getting ahead of themselves. We have Leeds next weekend, so yeah, it's um, you know every game is one that you know pricks your attention and pricks your your full focus. And every team has big threats, and we know we're going to have to yeah work unbelievably hard just to compete. So. Um, the players are, are happy down there, but they're tired and they know that, you know, they're going to have to work just as hard or harder again next week. So no deluded heads in the dressing room, Stu. And you, you really believe that with, with Kieran McKenna as well, don't you? Um, he's not one that's going to be getting carried away in, in any sense at all. But we sit here, Stu, three games in. They've won all three of their, their opening championship games. They're top of the table. Um, it's all going pretty well, isn't it? I mean, how does it match up to your expectations? I don't think anyone with their hand on their heart could sit here and say that they predicted Ipswich to win their opening three games, no matter how optimistic you were mm. about how the season finished. Sunderland and QPR could easily have gone another way. Um, I hope you're going to take the piss out of Kieran McKenna for using the term fine margins in there several <laughs> times, because I think I got 
I got destroyed for that a little while back. It's just um, it's just the language of of football speak, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. You sometimes yeah. slip into these these phrases that get trotted out and fine margins affairs. It's yeah. definitely the language of it's football. It's kind of entered me via osmosis just by doing this <laughs> for too long. Exactly. It does, um, yeah. Yeah. Um the outside noise stuff's interesting because the minute we finished that pre- first of all, when we sort of came in. Obviously, at championship level, you're getting a few more sort of national journalists. Hmm. Um, not not a silly amount, but obviously more than League One. Yeah. Um, you now realise now I'm out of League One how little interest there is on on the sort of national scene in it. Um, you go on the BBC website, they don't even have a picture of the game. There's no quotes from the manager. Suddenly, at championship hmm. level, it's a little bit different. Um, the ears of those national journalists sort of pricked up when they started hearing some of these stats about matching Southampton and the, the club record 21 games. Oh, right. And then, okay, yeah. that's going to be the intro come sort of Sunday, Monday morning with, with the nationals. Sky Sports News is on in the background. Oh, there's the Ipswich game being shown. Um, as you say, leads the way on, on the highlights show. Mm. Um, get on the car, switched on five live. First thing that's getting mentioned between Robbie Savage and Chris Sutton is, is Ipswich winning. There's obviously always a bit of banter between those two, but um, it's just starting to enter the more of the kind of the public conscious. And um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for, for Kieran McKenna to um, to keep everybody's expectations just just on an even keel. And, and as you said, the great thing is you truly believe he will do it because it's not mm. just a line from him. That is his demeanour. Um so it's great. We we can all get excited by it, knowing full well, as I keep saying, that the manager's gonna gonna keep them focused on this one game at a time mentality. And do you think this is this is a pattern for the season now, Rossi? We got a little bit used to last season, certainly when they they started that ridiculous run, town dominating games, winning, scoring loads of goals, smashing teams apart. Do you think the pattern is now set for what we can expect in the championship, though, in terms of these games? Every single game is going to be, and to use another footballing cliche, is going to be. A really tough test, you know, against uh, whoever they play. There are no easy games, and they're going to have to work really hard. Anyone um, can beat anyone. Classically. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? But it does feel a little bit like it, that is the way it's going to be. We're not going to see Town winning four or five nil probably this season. Every point's a prisoner and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> Keep yeah. Going, yeah, get the cliche books out. Um, yeah. yeah, I think so. And you know, well, I think Town already been you know predicted by so many different outlets, like you know top two playoff contenders and all that from all the all the pundits out there. Um, but yeah, every game is going to be different. Different challenges, um, as everyone, I think McKenna said as well. Um, because, yeah, this was a different challenge to Stoke and, you know, the Sunderland game was a different challenge. So, mm. so yeah, we're not we're not going to see... You know, you know, I think there'll be a few games because there's been some high-scoring games in the Championship this season. You know, some teams battering other teams. Like QPR lost on the opening day 4-0 um, mm. against Watford and they scored in like 33 seconds. So, yeah. Um, so I think we'll maybe it'll be a few games where Town may score a couple, but yeah, they are going to be a lot of tight games, and uh, you know I think McKenna and Kerr they, they they know that you know as I said we're not going to, we're not got the teams like Fleetwood and the Morecambe's of the world where okay yeah we did struggle against those sort of times, but then at the end back in the last season we were beating those teams six nil four nil because we're on that amazing run. So um, yeah. I think town fans know this now, though. Hopefully, they won't like get too carried away or get too annoyed. Oh, we only won one nil because you know it's just not going to be like that. So, um, yeah, get ready for a roller coaster of a, a season, which I think we all expected anyway. 
Mm. And Stu, in terms of the expectations, we went into the season knowing there wasn't a lot of experience in the team, aside from the kind of engine room Morsey and and those guys got got good championship experience. Um, how have you how have you thought the players have handled the step up so far? And clearly they've won all three games. But are, are you seeing in terms of level of ability um, that they can compete? These players, because the reason I bring this up is because after the game, um, some of the game day guys highlighted Wes Burns as, as not having a very good game and Bloomers I think particularly said starting to have a few concerns about whether or not he, he can kind of play at this level consistently comparing him to Leif Davis who certainly has shown he, he can do that week in week out um, Burns is one of those guys that doesn't have a lot of championship experience um, uh, what have you made of the players so far? Yeah I guess this now feeds into the end of the transfer window chat and mm where they can add, where they can upgrade. You've got Mark Ashton talking about adding two or three more. And now our job is to upgrade the quality of the starting eleven. And what's got us here to the championship isn't going to take us here to the, to the Premier League and beyond. And it's important that you never stand still and you always look to keep improving and uh, getting marginal gains. But... Um, I'd be really uncomfortable, deeply uncomfortable here sort of talking too negatively about anyone in this team mm. at the moment, given what they've done and how they've started. Yes, Wes Burns didn't have his best game at the weekend. And yes, we did have a discussion looking at that starting 11. Where is the next player? Where is the next position that you could maybe look to improve upon? Centre-half mm. is, is obviously an area um, that they need to add to, although... Cameron and Luke have started really well, but probably next in the in terms of the attacking unit, you would look at Wes because he's someone who spent the last six, seven years in League One. Mm. And um, there were times even during the promotion run last year where we said maybe he wasn't taking on his man as much as he used to. Maybe his end product is, is a little bit hit or miss. Um, I guess at the weekend that the missed header after 10 minutes at the back post mm. didn't, didn't help his cause, but Wes Burns has been unbelievable for Ipswich Town. And and uh, as I say at the start, I feel uncomfortable kind of talking about anyone too negatively at this moment in time. He, like everybody else in this squad, has more than earned their chance yeah. to prove themselves. And we've got far too small a sample size to be making a judgment call on whether they're ready or not at the moment. So let's see how they go for a little bit longer yet. In fairness, that's nonsense. Now, now I reflect on it. Town is off of the table. They've won all three of their games so far, and I'm asking you, well, these players up to it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean that—that that is how the hierarchy have got to think. Because, yeah. you, as you say, you can't just ever think we've cracked it. Mm. And as I said, two of these games could have come the other way. There might be some reality reality checks along the way. I'm sure there will be at some mm. point. How are we all going to respond to Ipswich Town losing a game of football is going to be yeah. fascinating, isn't it? Because it's going to feel really alien so um yeah we can't just sit here and think well that's everything's fine um because ipswich have got ambitions far greater than what they're doing at this moment in time so it's it is right and fair that there there are those discussions but they need to be couched in the right tone in a respectful tone and in the correct way so when, when we're talking around whoever in this team mm. i always just try and Try and say things in the right way, and hope it's taken with the with the right intent and the respect that it's that it's uh, meant. Yeah, I meant no disrespect to those of you listening who play for Ipswich Town. And um, one of the guys who who obviously was making a step up again, not a lot of championship experience, is Cameron Burgess, and he's done very well so far. I think it's fair to say. And AJ, 
not with us today. Spoke to him after the game. So let's hear a little bit from the double hard bastard, Cameron Burgess. Again, you've had a lot of kind of different wins so far this season. I feel like this was another one of those different ways to win games as a regular thing. That's it, yeah. Um, just been saying that on the pitch. Um, it's probably something that's probably been the biggest factor, to be fair. A different different team is going to bring different challenges. It's not as samey samey as it seemed to be in League One at times. Um, yeah, di- different teams bring different challenges, so it's up to us to stand up to that. And yeah, another one of those today, which is pleasing to say we, we completed it. How did you find that first half? Because it felt like it was one of those where maybe you started quite well and, and then they, they got a foothold in the game and they were hurting you a bit with the pace and counters. Yeah, I guess so. I think that's something that they bring. They bring a threat on in, on big moments and sort of counter attacks and, and things like that. So um, they'll, they'll cause teams the same problems throughout the season, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pleasing to say we, we stood up to that when we needed to. Um, and it, it was just about, yeah, at half time, just, just realising, taking a breather that we, we knew we could step it up a gear. Um, and I think that was the thing that changed the second half and put it more in our favour. Was that what was said? It was kind of just a case of maybe looking a little bit more composed on the ball and a little bit less erratic when they have it. Uh, I guess I, I mean we're always going to be a team that are uh, brave on the ball at times. We you have to risk the ball to be that type of team. It's not always going to come off. Um, you can't play every game perfect. Um, so it's it's never from a, a lack of effort or a lack of trying to do the right thing. So it was just a case of look just. Keep sticking to what we do, um, it will fall for us. But just more a bit of a, just that ten percent more in in every department really, just a little bit of just oomph really um, to to get back to them what we we do and yeah, um, it, it worked for a second half. A second half. Is Cameron Burgess the hardest man in this team, Stu? As an aside. Uh, no. Morsey's got to be up there, surely. Yeah, Sam Morsey is. I'd still say harness as well. Obviously, given his background, it's a martial arts background. And also, have you seen a massive thigh tattoo harness had over the weekend? We know that Wes Burns has got a big thigh tattoo, but harness, his entire like quad, is now some sort of dragon. Um, he's had that done. Just a little bit of added value there, pod listeners. Um, so yeah, Cameron Burge is certainly impressing so far. Any any other notes from the, from this game, boys? Before we move on to our own little game amongst ourselves, anything else you want to mention? Any kind of behind the scenes gossip? Did you have a pie, Stu? I know you were, you were looking forward to the QPR pies. Yeah, I bailed out on the brace. I, I had two. I had one. One as a little starter pie. Yeah. Um, Classic. Then I was waiting for Ross to arrive so he could film me eating the next one because I was going to be filmed eating at all times. Uh, and, then, and then I stopped short on, on claiming the match pie. But they were, they were as good as I remembered. Maybe... Uh, I'd give them a nine out of ten. Pastry, spot on, size, filling. Just needed a little bit more, a little bit more gravy, just to uh, to lubricate it. Is all I would say. But uh, excellent pies. Lubrication always important. Uh, Rossi, have we got a behind the scenes video coming then? Yeah, it'll be coming out hopefully today at some stage. So um, it'll probably be out by the time yeah. you see it. So uh, yeah, check it out. Well, if you want to see Watson eating a pie. It's what he wants to be doing, having that film. So uh, it, it's hooves <laughs> upon you to make sure you watch it. Um, and I do keep an eye on that all season. Right. Anything else? Yeah. I was just going to give you a little, another little behind the scenes insight into Kieran McKenna, who, um, as you can hear, is very, uh, very methodical and calm with his delivery post match. Yeah. Um, but he has got a sense of humour. I don't think we've seen the full, 
full sort of side of, of Kieran McKenna, the sort of the public facing part of him post uh, press conference. He was told these various stats that he wasn't wasn't aware of about the uh, the unbeaten run and, and stuff like that. Um, and then he sort of obviously the recording all stopped. He got up out of his chair to leave and he, he asked a few questions about that run. And he sort of said, uh, anyway, it should be more. Have a look back at the for those who haven't seen it. Have a look about the Oxford game, the invisible game of football. Yeah, and made his made a little comment about that as he left. So that's that still is eating away at him now, which I love. That shows you how much that man hates losing. That that still rankles with him now. It didn't really mean anything, and yeah, obviously, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, well, I guess it did because they finished second. But um, yeah, I thought that was a nice little insight into Kieran McKenna. Absolutely. I mean, that's that is the last league game they lost, isn't it? All the way back yeah. in in January. That's madness. Um, on that note, actually, in terms of an insight, I'm really enjoying the Burnley uh, documentary on Sky, uh, and seeing Vincent Company. Uh, he is super analytical, like the, all the kind of behind the scenes stuff he's doing, presentations to the team about the identity, the way they want to play, video analysis. This is what they're going to do. This is what we need to do. All that kind of stuff. And I can't help thinking while I'm watching it. I bet McKenna is the same. Like in terms of this kind of new breed of of football manager, clearly company straight away commands a room because of his playing career. Um, but he is he's so he comes across so intelligently, and there's none of this kind of um, obviously he does get angry and shout, but there's not the the old school kind of throwing teacups across the dressing room school of management stew, which we were talking about off air. And it just feels like that that kind of manager may be starting to die out a little bit. Possibly, yeah. I mean, we, we still see you know, got Neil Warnock and Roy Hodgson yeah. and some yeah. of the older breeds still doing it. Uh, the age thing, I think, it sometimes gets overplayed a little bit. But in terms of, yeah, uh, this more statistical breed of manager, I think young players now have grown up with statistics and analysis and video analysis as, as part of the product that they watch. And so they expect it as part of the game. I think there's a thirst for it. There's probably, you go back 20 plus years, maybe some eyes glazed over a little bit in team meetings when managers went into a bit more depth with that sort of thing. I think they expect mm. it now and they want it. And I just think emotionally how you deal with with younger players and younger people in, in general is a little bit different. The days of the uh, shouting and hollering and mm. kicking up the backside, I just don't think presses the buttons of of players as much as it used to I think you need to it needs to be an arm around the shoulder know what's going on in their personal life understand how they're dealing with social media pressures things like that so mm. um, I think that's where Kieran has kind of learned through dealing with young players as an academy manager is, is a strength as well um, yeah he just he, he just gets it and uh, and the whole sort of shouting thing like you say they do have to have that in their armory mm. and i'm sure kieran like vincent company has got it he talks about having a bit of an irish temperament to him at times but you 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 wait and you use it for when it's really needed and then it has an impact because if you're doing it all the time it just doesn't mean anything mm. does it so i'm sure i'm sure he is capable of that when when required yeah, yeah. I, just, I would love to see. I don't suppose we're going to get it, at least maybe not for a bit until uh, maybe they, they get to the Premier League and we get that kind of behind-the-scenes documentary maybe at town. But it's so interesting for me to watch the Burnley thing because the way it, like companies literally like month by month going through, this is the, this is the schedule for this month. These are the travelling days. These are the deload days. These are the, the kind of high-intensity. It's, it's so in-depth to a level that I kind of 
we'd never previously seen, certainly growing up as, you know, someone following football, that kind of thing would have been completely alien. Um, so highly recommended. Rossi, in terms of other games, we've got a game at, between ourselves this season, the prediction game, um, which we will be flashing up a leaderboard when when we've got one drawn up as we go through the season. But it started from game one, Rossi. Essentially, you send around a little, uh, a little message in the group. You want the prediction for the score, the first score, and obviously the, the outcome. Um, and just talk a little bit about how uh, how that's going. Yeah, I did this last season in the um, Cowway Posse chat, which is at least 20 to 30 people in it. And uh, to get everyone scores and <laughs> then calculate all the results and uh, points together, it was it was a job, a, a big mm. job. So um, so I apologise to the Cowway Posse listeners who are listening. We've stopped doing that this year because it was just so hard, but we're just four people. It's fine. But the more Easy. so we can have a nice little competitive little spirit between us four. Um, so yeah, basically how it goes is yeah. Predict towns, um, upcoming game, um, you know, the score line and then the first goal scorer town, win town, draw town, lose. What's the, what's, what's the, what's a, what's a loss? What's a town loss? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know in the comments. Let me know. Um, <laughs> I vaguely remember it did happen once, but yeah, once, yeah, yeah. yeah. pre-season against Cambridge and Stevenage. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> competitive, competitive. Um, yeah, um, so you get three points for the correct um, score line. So I got um, nice three points because I predicted a 1-0 win. Um, you also get a point for the correct uh, result. So a, a win, draw, or if you predict a defeat, mm-hmm. you know, maybe yeah. on some stage. Um, and then you also get a point, which you guys have gone, that's a bit unfair, um, if you get the first goal scorer. Um so we make could change it in the part in the future, but we'll see. Um, currently, this is so as I said, we will, there will be a graphic, but I'll yeah. just do a little notepad graphic for for the time being. Yeah. So AJ has got ten points. I've got five points. He has got four, and Stewie Watson. He's got two. You're on the board, though, Stu. Do not worry. You're on the board. Um, it's only on the two board. days. It's three games in. Exactly. It's a marathon, not a sprint, Stu. Plenty of time to catch up. I do, on reflection, though, I think it's quite stingy. Only getting one point for the. The first goal scorer, but there you go. Um, so look out for updates on that throughout the season, friends. Um, AJ has been kind of Nostradamus esque in the early going. He got he got the first two results bang on, didn't he? And he got that he got Chaplin as scoring at the weekend as well. Um, so yeah, he's certainly uh, so far having having the most success in that game. And speaking of success, Ross, you mentioned right at the start of the show that you were in Cardiff uh, until very early uh, or late, whatever you want to pronounce it, say it, um, with the with the ladies. Um, and they started with a win, did they not? In their first their first game of the new season, in dramatic fashion. Yeah, in dramatic fashion. Yeah, just like the men's team, you know, added time galore. Um, of course, this game because there was injuries. Uh, a lot, sadly, two injuries for one of the Cardiff players and one of our player. Um, so what basically both had to get stretched off, which was not. Did I see someone went to hospital? I yeah, Holly Turner, our yeah. forward, she um had to, and that took a long while for the ambulance to come. That's why we didn't leave Cardiff until like eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, so we were just waiting and what know, happened with her um basically uh, pelvis ribs uh, i don't know the top of my head um but yeah we it was yeah basically in, impact injury basically collision, was it? pretty much yeah. and um yeah, she, she was just in a lot of pain um yeah. so i added just so much at a time um i think i was like well, well we scored in the 90 well no 112th minute um wow. so <laughs> a lot at a time but um yeah Cardiff got the early goal early doors which was controversial because basically the referee I thought it was a penalty at first 
But then um, it was actually a free kick and the referee just let them take a quick free kick and our players were like, didn't know what was going on and they, and they scored. But then we equalised for a corner. Still what's more like that. Defender Leah Mitchell, her, her yeah. first start for the club, heads it in. Um, did also have a deflection on the defender as well, but it, it went in. And then um, Super Megan Waring, who um, was a, a special guest on our Track the Girls Talk Bar podcast last week. She uh, scored her first goal for the club. She got so close last season to score, but this time she was right there, right place, bat post, boom, wild celebrations. And um, the Tractor Girls have started their season with a win after last year, of course, starting a bit slow, losing their open mm. two games. But um, yeah, long, a long day, but three points in the bag. And uh, I think everyone was happy on the coach home. And there'll be a Tractor Girls Talk podcast this week. So we'll, we'll go more deep, deep into the game but uh, yeah a good start for them and is Holly okay is there any update on yeah, yeah the club um, uh, she, but yeah she basically had to stay in Cardiff yesterday um, in, in hospital but she got a, an early train home this um, this morning And but um, mm. she's good it's nothing too serious it's a bit of bruising so um, yeah well, she's all good okay uh, and is it, I'm assuming it's their first home game is it this weekend yeah, it's a, but it's a cup game um, ah. against Billy Ricky, who um, former a former town player, Maddie Big, scored four goals on a debut yesterday for Billy wow. Ricky in their six 0 win against Plymouth. So uh, a good start for her. But yes, yeah, she'll be returning just like Liv Smith as well in the Fornal Cup, which is basically the League Cup. Yeah. Um, so that'll be um, at Felix Stone Walton two pm kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, excellent. And obviously, we're talking about uh, female football. We can't not mention the Lionesses. Um, did you did you watch it yesterday, boys? I actually, obviously, Rossi, you were in uh, in Cardiff, weren't you? Well, I sorry, yeah. no, you carry on. You carry on. I was going to say I actually made a point because obviously I work Sundays, but I made a point of getting up early yesterday morning and starting work earlier than I normally would, so I could get the bulk of the work done, and that meant I could sit and watch the game in full without having to worry about oh, I really should be working. Um, what were you going to say, Rossi? Yeah, luckily because the game got moved to 3 p.m. Um, yeah. the girls and everyone were able to watch it in the hotel. So we had like a meeting room. We made it on the TV, so they're all watching it. Um, and of course, when the full time whistle went, we looked at okay, off to our game. Enough of that. <laughs> they lost. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So sadly, it's not coming home. But you know, they're they're, they're heroes, aren't they? Still, you know, they did brilliantly. To, like, uh, final, yeah. And there's no, I mean, to be fair, Spain deserved to win. They were the better side. They got it right. Um, yeah. And there's no shame we'll see in losing to a better side. But I, I really enjoyed the game. Sue, did you did you have it on? Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bit like the the men's final against Italy, really, where you probably had to say ultimately the better side just about one, really. Didn't didn't quite mm. create enough, did we? Um still hoping that one last chance would fall when that stoppage time went up. But um wasn't to be. But uh yeah, this group of players has completely changed the perception. We've been talking for a long time about women's football mm. really making its mark, but now, you know. European winners, World Cup finalists. Um, I can see it with my daughter, who's seven, just sort of um, it's entered her consciousness now, and it's great to see it. That will be the legacy of this. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll see the true legacy of this in another 10 years' time, the impact it's had on on a generation of, of young girls watching on and being inspired. So it's great. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Hemp, brilliant player, obviously, from Norfolk. She she was really impressive this tournament. And also Mary Earps, with, I think, one of the greatest ever recorded Foxtrot Oscar after saving the penalty. She yeah. screamed F off, uh, uh, literally, like, highest volume, which was captured lovely on the TV cameras. Fantastic stuff. I had a, a good weekend this fall, actually, boys, and as a side. I was watching cricket on Saturday when you were at QPR with my old man. He likes a bit of cricket. So I was down Woolpit watching the cricket 
what a civilised day that is. You've got beer on tap, cheap as well. Um, sit watching the cricket, uh, read a little bit of a paper, have a bit of a chat. You've uh, changed. Then, I haven't changed, friend. I haven't changed. I know oh. you, tried to get me tr- you tried to get me in trouble, didn't you? That's what you try to do. Well, yeah, you've, you've, I'm pretty sure if it won't take much digging to find some Mark Heath um, libel on cricket <laughs> going back going back over the years. I think you've, it's you're a, the, it's the a, worst a, things in sport. I think you've always listed test cricket in amongst yeah, well, those. I mean, test cricket, I'll stand by that. That is dull. Like, I, I can't understand how it, something can go on for five days and still be a draw. That's not for me at all. But sitting there watching village cricket with the old man, who, a couple of cheeky scoops on the go in the sun, can't whack it. And then I enjoyed watching the, the athletics as well yesterday. I don't know if you boys are into athletics, but always have to watch 100 meter final. And obviously, we uh, we we scored a gold KJT in the the, uh, the heptathlon, which was which was tremendous. So I had an excellent weekend of sport. Friends, any other business um, before we take our leave? Anything else to mention? Oh, actually, oh, yep, I've got something actually, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's time to introduce this man. Vaclav <laughs> Who's that? Didn't you, didn't, you, didn't you hear I it? heard it. Yeah, is that, is that how it, you're going to... What do you mean? You said introduce this man. So do you mean introduce Vaclav or the, yeah. the man who, the man's voice? Just, yeah, just the man's voice. Just okay. So, just, <laughs> that how, is that how you're going to say it now going forward? Yeah, I did that last season. I forgot, I completely forgot to, to continue to do that. So. Can you make sure you have it on hand then for every show, Ross? Yes. Because we're going to talk about Vaki quite a lot, clearly, as, as, yes. as a starting keeper for the foreseeable future. Um, Rossi, because you, you chided me, you, you chastised me before the show about not saying the sponsors enough, do you want to do the sponsor sting? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Uh, well, if you uh, need your below-the-waist grooming, your nose stuff, your beard stuff, uh, your ear stuff, Manscaped are the team to help you out. Uh, use the code Cowway to get 20% off and free delivery at checkout. Uh, then you've got Ginger Pickle, marketing, SEO, all that stuff. stuff. Stu, what is SEO? It's it's not CEO, as you said last time. It's SEO, which is search engine optimization. Oh, yeah. So if you want your ginger pickled, use ginger <coughs> called marketing. Tony Southgate and the team will sort you out. Uh, and that's it. So there we go. He's sort you out away. sounds like a threat, doesn't it? I mean, Tony is a yeah, big boy right. as well. Yeah. So the security, didn't he, at the first KOA Live, as well as the, uh, the kind of man, the meter and greeter. Rossi, how would you say I've done? I, 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 one day I aspire to be good enough to host the flagship podcast. So uh, how would you say I've done today? You've segued really well. Different, Excellent. you know, chats we've had. You've moved on pretty well. So um, I'll keep listening to you. I'll keep listening there. to you, taking the, taking the tips. Stewie, anything else to mention before we take our leave? Uh, no other business. Can't wait for Saturday. Ipswich versus Ooh. Leeds. Uh, sold oh, yes. out Portman Road. Ipswich on a roll. Leeds, which we'll touch be. upon later in the week. Yeah, transfer requests going in. Players Daniel leaving Parker. left, right and yeah. centre. Yeah, the the winker. Yeah. Daniel Farker <laughs> returning to Portman Road. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. And we'll be back hopefully later on this week to talk about that. Rossi, you're off to Legoland at the end of this week. So you won't be around when we do that. Are you looking forward to that? What are you most looking forward to about seeing Legoland? Um, I went as a kid, but I know it's changed a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm buzzing because, or the, maybe not because of queues and everything, they're going to be busy. But um, I know my nieces and nephew are really up for it. So uh, I'm going to be the cool uncle um, going on everything. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully it's nice weather because that will always, you know, ruins the day, don't it, if it's crap weather. But uh, yeah, should be should be a good time. 
I bet you're great fun at a theme park, Rossi. You're like <laughs> that, that guy that wants to be on every single ride and then go on again and again. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you're a great fun uncle. Yeah, I think so. I think I am. Yeah, Sasha's coming as well. So, uh, uh, although I don't think she's looking forward to it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, it should be a good time. So I'll let you know on the next pod. Uh, please do. Please do. Well, we've already done the sponsor thing. So that just leads me to say, um, please support our social medias. Follow us across all uh, socials Kings of Anglia on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And also, friends, leave us a five star review uh, on iTunes if you can, because that just helps lift us visibility wise in the charts and if you do enjoy the show please do hit subscribe and wherever you get your podcast from because that just means it drops straight into your feed it also again lifts us a little bit higher in the charts right then first pod of the week is in the books it's which town still don't know how to lose or even draw a game um, they're still top of the table and we're building up friends to a home game with leeds united this weekend how good is that going to be have a great start to the week whatever you're doing and catch up with us again next time later this week Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.